0: my friend's vineyard. This week I visited a priest who lives in a small town, a very small town of 1,900 people. And I was asking him about his assignment and how he was doing, and and he said to me, he said, you know, when I first got here, I thought to myself, am I being punished? Like, exiled? He said, but now I love it. And there's a lot of reasons not to be happy in those circumstances. He, was, he lives 35 minutes from the nearest town and Walmart and In-N-Out Burger, and you know, like, there's, he's far from his friends. I mean, you can really feel isolated. And you, he would have a lot of reasons to complain. But instead, he's chosen to accept where he finds himself, and make the most of it that that somehow god has called me to be here like he could say this is not my parish these are not my people but i am a steward of the people that god has entrusted me to me you, you could even go further and say you know this is this is my life and i accept it this is what's been given to me this is my body that that somehow everything i have is a gift from you, the creator, God. And I am a steward. And what's up to me is to choose to bloom where I'm planted. Jesus tells a parable today of a, of a vineyard. And it's symbolic of God's plan of salvation, that God is the source of all creation, of all being. And then he, he, has, he, he has his tenants, he leases it to the tenants, the people of God, to do his work, to do his will. And then when it's time for him to receive his produce, because it it belongs to him, he sends his servants, but the servants are rejected. And as Jesus is telling this about creation and the plan of salvation, that there have been a lot of prophets who have been rejected. When you read the Old Testament, a lot of prophets were rejected. God was speaking to his people, but the people didn't want to hear it. And I couldn't help but, I mean, as you reflect on that, I'm like, huh. Kind of like today, if the Catholic Church speaks, there's a lot of people in the world, even maybe a lot of Catholics, who say, I don't really care. I'm going to do my own thing. So that continues. But then the landowner sends, God is not deterred by that. God sends his own son. The landowner sends his son, but he is rejected and killed. Which Jesus is saying, that's what God the Father does. God the Father sends his son Jesus, who's rejected and killed. So it's it's a snapshot of the salvation history, even though the people don't realize it at the time. But what matters is the punchline. What does Jesus say? Therefore I say to the kingdom of God will be taken away from you, And given to a people that will produce its fruit. That in God's vineyard, in God's creation, in God's plan of salvation, He invites others to join Him in that work. He doesn't doesn't need us. I mean, I, I could ask you the question Does God need us? God doesn't need us. God invites us to share in His work of salvation. He does that because he is our Lord, our Savior, and our friend. That because God loves us, he invites us to share in the good work that he's doing. But again, do we have to? That's why I love being on a college campus, because my sense is nobody has to be here right now. That If you don't want to work in the vineyard, you don't have to. If we don't want to be about God in our lives, we don't have to. If I don't want to pray, if you don't want to go to church, you never have to go to church ever again in your life. But you can. Because our Lord, our friend, desires to invite us into this beautiful work of salvation that He's doing. He's doing it in each of our lives, he's doing it in my life, but he wants to do it in, in this campus. He wants to do it in this city, in this nation. That God is doing this big work and he invites you and I to cooperate with what he's doing. That God, God controls everything in the world except for one thing, my will. You get that? Like God, God has everything. And God can work all things for good, but the one thing he doesn't have is my cooperation. I mean, I'm saying I can offer him my cooperation. I can offer him my will, which is what Jesus does. Jesus freely chooses to offer everything back to the Father. And that's the image that we are called to imitate, is to offer everything, to offer our own wills, Father, take this cup from me, but not my will, your will be done. That's something that no one else can answer for us except except us. We stand alone before God to answer that. And so one day we will will be held accountable for what's been entrusted to us. But if we think about it, what's been entrusted to me? What St. Paul says, um, what do you have that has not been given to you? That everything we have is a gift. I didn't ask for this body. That this, this was given to me as a gift. I didn't ask for my life. I didn't ask for my family. I didn't ask for my talents. That everything is a gift. And now I have this community. I have this church. Everything I, is, is a gift that I am a steward of. That has been entrusted to me. It makes me think of the the parable of the talents, right? Someone's given one talent, five talents, ten talents. We've all been given something. And at the end of the day, the Lord invites us to cooperate with what he's doing to produce fruit, but to experience the joy of producing fruit. So what do we we focus on? Maybe if you want to pray with our second reading today, in the letter to the Philippians, St. Paul says, Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is gracious, if there's any excellence, anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Keep on doing what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. Then the, then the God of peace will be with you. That, that if I focus my life on God, if I focus my life on virtue, On that which is good, then that goodness will take root in my life. That what is the fruit that is born in our life comes from the seeds that we plant. And God wants good, great fruit to come from us. And so the question goes back: What what seeds am I planting? But but seeds are it's a it's a choice. You know, the, the choice to wake, I love our, our Newman Night speaker this week. He says, we talk about schedules and planning, but I want to just give you one suggestion. Start your day with morning prayer, whatever that is. Be, and you, and I, I thought, I've been thinking about it all week since then. And I was like, it's, it's beautiful because the best chance I have to live today well is to do it with God. And if I start the day with God, then I have the best chance the rest of the day. And so, if I want the fruit of joy and peace, if I want peace to be with me throughout the day, then the best chance I have is to start my day resting in the Lord's peace and prayer. And nobody can do that for us, but we can do that. i to share a couple, two stories. In the 1800s, there was a one woman named Eulalie, she was from Montreal, Canada, and she thought God might be calling her to religious life, but she had poor health, and so she couldn't do that. She had a brother who was a priest, and then when she was 18 years old, her their mother died, and so this priest brother said, hey, why don't you come, you know, work at the parish, that kind of stuff. So she became like the parish secretary, the housekeeper, and she just kind of helped foster the life of the parish in a very humble way. She became known for her graciousness, her courtesy, her leadership, her tact, and she was so kind and holy that people nicknamed her the Saint of Beloy. They called her like just a saint because of her kindness. And she wasn't doing anything great. She was like cleaning, <laughs> you know, like a very simple act, but she did it with great humility and love. She saw the needs of the poor around her, especially poor women, and so she, she said, we got to help these women. And so she got some other people together and ended up starting her own religious order in which they educated poor women. Because the way out of poverty is education. She's like, let's help them be educated and be elevated from poverty. And so just... just taking these simple you know, remember she she was so ill that she couldn't even be in a religious order but then she just put the gifts that she had to god's service and, and ended up starting her own religious order and and in 1979 pope john paul ii beatified her so now we call her blessed she took a new name in religious life we call her blessed marie rose de rocher and we celebrated her feast day this past week this humble woman who took the little that she had been given and used it for God's glory. And today, Father Matt Lowry's talking about her 200 years later. You know, that she didn't set out to do big things for God. She's thought to be faithful in the small things. And God was able to produce great fruit through her. Last of the story, Father Dan told me, he, he's reading a book right now that somebody gave him called Thirst, maybe you've heard of it, this author Scott Harrison, he, he was in New York City, he described himself, he was the top nightclub promoter in New York City. He said it was, there was endless booze, drugs, models, women, and at, at 28 years old, he recognized how desperately unhappy he was, that, that he thought he had reaped everything that the world could offer, I'm living in New York City, I have all this money, I have women, I have whatever I want. But he was totally unhappy. And that got his attention, and it, and it turned him back to God, and so he asked himself, he, he, he converted back to Christianity, and he asked himself, okay, I'm totally unhappy. <laughs> so, what would the exact opposite of my life look like? Do, do you catch the logic there? I am totally unhappy. If I'm not happy, be unhappy, being unhappy. Then what would be the opposite that would actually make me happy? And so he ended up getting on a, a boat for 16 months that, that, that traveled around Africa and did surgeries for people that needed surgeries, like um, this Christian organization. And he he got off the boat and he said, you know what, we gotta do something to help the people in Africa and all around. And so he started a charity to bring clean water to people. And he started that in 2006, and today his organization has raised over $750 million to bring clean water to 17.4 million people around the globe, which is approximately 1% of all the people who did not have clean water. Could, this one person, helped alleviate 1% of the world's population that didn't have clean water. Isn't that crazy? Just by putting his, he was, and when he stopped living for himself, and he put his gifts at the service of God, that there was an incredible amount of fruit that was born. I, I don't know what fruit God wants to bear in our lives, what results he's going to produce, But I do know that he's inviting me and you today to choose consciously to give him permission to work in our lives, to choose to to put our gifts at his service, to choose to join our Lord, our Savior, our friend in his vineyard. Because when when we choose to work in his vineyard, the gift that we receive is that friend of Jesus, the Prince of Peace, the God of Love with us, working in, with, and through us to produce great fruit for the world.